Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to another uh, lesson in the book of Proverbs. We're going to look back at some of the things we've already studied in chapter 3 and kind of summarize them. And then we're going to advance to verses 19 and 20. And we're going to see why it is so important for us to study wisdom. Okay, so let's read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights." How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. Verse 15. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. Now, this will be our main text after our summary. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the wisdom that is found there. Most importantly, Father, I thank you for your word because it points us to your Son in whom we have wisdom, redemption. Father, I pray for those who are listening, especially the young people. Dear God, that they would know your Son. Lord, this is not just an an introduction to a sermon. Lord, it is my desire that they know your son, that they have a deep, um, profound understanding of him and a love for him, that they grow in conformity to him, that they understand his gospel and that they proclaim it to the world. Oh, Lord, I pray that their life not be lost to superficial and vain things. Lord, especially in this time of trouble in which we're living, the difficulties that surround us, oh God, raise up 
a people for your glory, for your name. And help us now as we look at this text. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I read through this text, um, I always, I have to admit, I always have something of a fear. You know, just the verses that I read, there is so much wisdom to be gleaned and, and so much responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. And young person, look, when you, if we ever do, finish this study in, in the book of Proverbs, what I want you to understand is that's not the end. It's the beginning. You know, young person, sometimes, you know, someone will come to me, a student will come to me, you know, who's just finished their bachelor's degree in theology or their master's degree or even their Ph.D. And, and they'll, you know, it's, it's almost like they say, well, now I'm ready. And it's like, no, you're not. Um, we're never really ready. We've never arrived. Even the Apostle Paul said that about himself, that when you finish all your studies, it's almost as though you now have more tools to go back and do the same studies again. And, and I don't want you to think that we're going through the book of Proverbs, you know, okay, I did that. Well, the question is, though, is it a reality in your life? I know you did it, but how has it impacted you? Now, the question that I'm asking you, I ask myself, and that's why I said, even when I was reading through this, I was realizing, Paul, what part of this is actually in your life? And so let's, let's go back. I, I'm going to do a question and answer thing here through these texts. We have a question in verse 1. Why should we not forget God's teaching? Why should we keep His commandments in our heart? You say, well, I already studied that. Okay, but why should we do it? The answer is found in verse 2. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. You see, it's not for nothing that we serve the Lord. It's not for nothing that we order our lives according to His wisdom. If we take this seriously, it will have a true impact on our life. The entire, the, not only the quantity of our days, but the quality of the life that we live during those days. Now let's go on. Verse 2, why should we not let kindness and truth leave us? Why should we bind them around our neck and write them on the tablets of our heart? Why should we not just, you know, uh, hear the word and let it go? Why should we tie it to us or tie ourselves to it? Uh, the answer in verse 4, so we will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You know, in studying the early life of Jesus Christ, he grew in favor with God and man. And we want to imitate him, don't we? That, that young person, you ought to see it this way. In the stage you're at, you ought to seek to be pleasing to God. But you ought to grow in favor with God. Grow in becoming more pleasing to him. You say, well, how do I do that? As your life progresses, um, the trials, the difficulties are going to become more complex, more and more difficult. And, and each time you rise a little higher to meet that greater complexity, to, to meet that difficulty, it is pleasing to God, more and more pleasing to God. Just like when I, I have a son that's, that's 19, I was pleased with him when he learned to walk at, at, a, at a year and a half or two or however old he was. 
And I was pleased with him even more when he learned to read. And I was pleased with him even more when he began to read the scriptures in an adult Bible. And I was pleased with him even more, do you see, as he went on with his life. And, and what we want to do is to be pleasing to God and man, but according to the word of God, which requires not simply knowledge, but, but obedience, submission to that knowledge. As a matter of fact, you know, um, a person who grows in knowledge but doesn't grow in conformity to that knowledge does not gain more favor with us. He actually gains more criticism because it starts looking like hypocrisy. You know a lot, but you don't do a lot. Now, verse 3. Why should we trust in the Lord with all our heart? Why should we not lean on our own understanding? The answer is found in verse 6. because he will make our paths straight. Listen to me. God delights in and honors those who believe him. Why? Because when you believe him, you're worshiping him. How is that? You're saying, you know, with your confidence that everything God says about himself is true. He's trustworthy, not just in his deeds, but his character. Let's go on. Verse 7, why should we not be eyes, wise in our own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil? The answer is in verse 8, because it will be healing to our body and refreshment to our bones. There is a real sense in which our knowledge of God determines our spirituality and our conformity to Christ. And then there's a sense in which our spirituality impacts not just our spirituality, it impacts the physical, the mental, the intellectual. I believe that a person who is uh, seeking to submit to God and God's word will become more intelligent in God's word and will develop a lifestyle that is inclined towards that which is healthy and good and wholesome and that it will impact the entirety of their life. Look, let's say I was your father or, or and, and you were my child. The natural affections of a father is that, is that we want the best for our child. And that's why I teach these things and have taught these things to my children. I want the best for them because I know that submission to Christ, submission to God's word is going to impact not just their church life, so to speak. It's going to impact everything. Let's go on. Verse uh, number, verse 9, why should we honor the Lord from our wealth and from the first of all our produce? The answer is in verse 10. So our barns will be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine. Now it is true, there are people who take this passage and they distort it into something very ugly as though God was a vending machine, you see, and, and that we give him so that we can get. But, but that's not the case. Here it's simply talking about one of the ways in which we demonstrate trust in God's character is by our generosity, by our giving, and by setting him first in our giving. And, and without a doubt, even though we don't want to distort it like these prosperity preachers and stuff, without a doubt, God sees and blesses a generous Christian. Let's go on. Um, verse 11, why should we not reject the discipline of the Lord? Why should we not loathe our 
be angry or against his reproof? The answer is in verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Like I said, I have a son and uh, he's already been studying college remotely for two years and now he's going off to Master's University for his last two years. And, and not only have I spent 19 years teaching him, I've spent 19 years also correcting him, uh, reproving him, showing him where he's wrong, correcting him and showing him how to do right. And yes, also disciplining him. Now why? Because I love him. Because I want him to be shaped into a man who honors God and loves people and walks in integrity. God will discipline us. And now, remember what I taught you before. Discipline can be the result of open rebellion. But oftentimes, that's not the case. Discipline um, can occur in someone's life when they're walking closer to God than they've ever walked. Because discipline is not just correction for sin, but it's also training in righteousness. If God wants to use a man or a woman to do some extraordinary thing, they, they need to be trained. They need to go through trials and difficulties and all sorts of things. They need to be held to a very high standard, and God will do that. I think you ought to remember I gave you an illustration of how when I was young I wanted to be an athlete. My legs were weak, so after we'd feed all the cattle and we were like a mile away from home, my dad would, with these, I had these big heavy work boots on, and then he would strap ankle weights on there and I would run behind the truck all the way home. I hadn't done anything wrong. My father wasn't angry with me. He just knew that if I was going to reach the goal, I had to experience some resistance. So now let's go on. And finally, in verse 13, why is a man blessed who finds wisdom and gains understanding? And the answer, verse 14, because wisdom's profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. Verse 15, because wisdom is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Verse 17, her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are, pe her paths are peace. Verse 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are those who hold her fast. You see, wisdom is not just something that you study. Um, you take hold of it, and not just once grabbing it but take hold of it and make it yours for the rest of your life. That's why we hear things like, you know, uh, bind it on your hands, bind it on your forehead, uh, treasure it in your heart. These are things to be learned and to make them the standard, the lifelong standard or, or lifelong disciplines. And I have to say, remember when we taught this, we taught it about wisdom, but then we also applied this to Christ that there is nothing more precious, nothing more important than knowing Jesus Christ and holding fast unto him, getting to know him more and more. And as we see him and see his beauty and his excellencies and his power and his faithfulness, all his virtue, it's going to draw out our affections and it's going to cause us to hold on to him like a precious treasure and to follow him. Now, before I go on to our text, I want to just hold our place here for a second 
And I want to kind of echo a prayer that we see, something of a prayer. It's an exclamation, it's a desire that we see in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. And after saying these things that I've said about wisdom, this is what I would say to you. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me, fear the Lord, and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. Can you see here the, the heart of God, the, dis, the, the disposition of God toward you? Okay, so you have Proverbs. You have all these texts that we studied in chapter 3 that talk about why wisdom is important and what it produces in our life and everything it produces is good. And then put on top of that, here's God's disposition for you. He looks at you in love and he says, oh, that they would have such a heart in them. That your heart would be so inclined that you would fear the Lord, that you would reverence him. And never forget, one of the ways you reverence the Lord is by listening to his word and submitting to it. And he says that, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. Now, look at the look at this. All my commandments always half heartedness is very, very dangerous. There are some things that, that can be quite dangerous to do. And let's say that one of those things has 10 steps to it, but you decide you're only going to do five. You're putting yourself in danger. You're only going to do eight, maybe less danger, but still danger. You're going to do nine. That still leaves open a gap. And what he's telling us is, is that we need to sincerely devote ourselves to knowing his word and keeping all his commandments always. You say, Brother Paul, we're not we're not saved by keeping the commandments of God. No, we are not. If we were, none of us would be saved. But, but here's what you need to see. Having been saved by the grace of God, dwelling in the grace of God, our position is in the grace of God, we're secure in the grace of God in Christ. Having all that, God in His grace has also given us His commands to guide our life. And the wonderful thing about it is we can follow His commands without fear because we're not earning our righteousness by keeping those commands. We're just being pleasing to Him. And we're walking in that safe uh, path, road that he's ordained for us. OK. And so, you know, before we get to the thing on wisdom here, I just wanted you to see that. Now, I wish I could in a way I just wish I could do what probably your parents have to do to you sometime, just kind of <laughs> grab you on both sides of your head and cause you to focus and say, pay attention to me. Our study in Proverbs will not make you wise by itself. It's only to inform you a bit with regard to the meaning. And it's also to encourage you to do what? To spend the rest of your life studying the book of Proverbs and the book of Deuteronomy, and the book of Leviticus, and Matthew, and John, and Romans, and Revelation, and 1 Thessalonians, and 2 Timothy, and Titus, and Ephesians, and Galatians, and the, the minor prophets, and the major prophets, studying the full counsel of God. 
Young people, there are so many people who want to be used of the Lord and they want to walk in a way that, that their life is, is somewhat miraculous. Well, there's only one way that can really be done. And that is, uh, blessed is the man who studies and meditates upon God's Word. And that's so what we all desire for you. So now, in the next lesson, what we're going to do is we're going to come back to Proverbs, of course, and we're going to look at verse 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were opened up and the, scry, the skies drip with dew. And so what we see here is what? We've got all these reasons that we've already gone through of why you should study wisdom. And now we come to this one. And it's because the one who's teaching you made the universe. And since he made the universe, no one can argue that his wisdom is far beyond yours. And if it is far beyond yours, then you should listen. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.